Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw, especially your still women's tag team champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Even though they just had a match with Lana and Asuka last week, they have another non-title match again this week. We talk about it. And also, boy, Reckoning sure looked like Mia Yim to me. We talk about that as well in the whole three hours of what was Monday Night Raw right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Oh, no, we got a (laughs) Raw to talk about this morning, my friend. Come on, man. Get excited. Yeah. This is me, excited. I noticed we're both wearing black t-shirts this morning because we're both in mourning. I, uh, listen, I have to watch Raw, Bully. With On heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I tried, I actually, I tried texting that to you last <laughs> night, but spell check on my, uh, on my Android wouldn't let me say that, but uh I, you have to watch Raw with a different eye. Obviously, a different eye than the way we watch AEW or NXT. NXT yeah, the or eye even, of my butthole. <laughs> or even SmackDown. That's right, the third eye. Um, you have to watch it differently because it's safe to say that Raw is unlike any other uh, quote-unquote pro wrestling show than anyone we've ever seen before, Bully. I don't, I don't know. Go ahead, Dave. Keep going. Keep, no, it's... keep trying to do whatever you do. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm laying out this morning, okay? I I seriously, like after the show last night and I thought about it this morning, I said today is a perfect day for callers to call in, especially first-time callers. I want to know what wrestling fans, I want to know what diehard WWE fans thought about Monday Night Raw. Now, if you can't call in, obviously pick up the Twitter machine and let us know what you think. But I would really like to hear uh, from the fans on the phone lines, from the nation, first-time calls, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? Give us your rundown. Take, get, did you love it? Did you hate it? What did it make you feel? Mate, what did it make you want to do? Like, what was it to you? <laughs> like, I like that. What did it, can, we, can that be the theme? What did watching Raw make you want to do? I, I just I, I want to know from I want to know from, fan, from because I, I'm I'm not even I'm not I'm not even going into it. Listen, y- y- there might be a lot of things that I loved last night. There could be a lot of things that I hated, or vice versa. I mean, it's three hours, so I mean, there are going to be a couple of things that you like, and there were a couple of things that I liked from the show last night. Nothing, bully, nothing. Oh no, there was 
I, I don't want to give anything away, Dave, because I really, really want to hear from Cole. I guess I really can't because it's kind of like my job to talk about what we saw on TV last night. Um, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, and I would like to know if you liked it or if you didn't like it. Why don't we start off on a positive? All right. I thought you were going to go first. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you, you're the guy they invented the show. You go first. No, but, you know, you're the Hall of Famer. You should go first. I, I appreciate that, Dave. But you know what? 12 years ago, you thought of this show busted open, and this is your baby, and I think it's only right that you go first. Yeah, what but did you, you know, like about the show last night, Dave? But, Bully... You know, you're a you know, multi-champion, uh, greatest tag team wrestler of all time. You really elevated this show when you joined the roster of talent here on Busted Open. I really think that you should go first. All right, Dave, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 10. What is it? No, no, no. we got to make this fair. I have a coin right here we should flip. Okay. Well, no, I wanted to, I wanted to see if you could guess the number, Ed. Dave, between 1 and 10. I, 7. Holy crap, you're right. You go first. Oh, son of a bitch. I guess I will go first. Uh, here, here's the thing. There's, um, I, there, there is a couple of positives, all joking aside. Uh, I do like the dynamic right now between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, they are, they're building towards something, and obviously they're letting this simmer. There is a slow burn when it comes to Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I'm I'm really happy that they're not rushing this just for a match at TLC. They're building towards something. And I even said it on Twitter in all seriousness. Like Sheamus, even though he's a multi-world uh, champion in the WWE, you know, coming out of, gosh, what, what WrestleMania 26, I thought this was going to be the next big guy in the WWE. In some ways he has been. In a lot of ways I think he's kind of underappreciated and overlooked. So I'm actually looking forward to whatever they're doing between him and Drew McIntyre. I will agree that the interaction between Drew and Sheamus has been good. You say that they're you hope that they're not <clears throat> excuse me waiting for TLC, but then what would what would Drew be doing at TLC? Uh, it would it would be AJ, correct? Yes. And and that key, that does feel kind of thrown together. And it is kind of based on what we saw last night. But listen, no one is gonna, no one's gonna complain about AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. Um, but I, but I do like that they're building because bully. A big discussion that we had yesterday was about the patience of fans. Like you know, I think a lot of times, especially in the world of the WWE, they don't feel that their fan base is patient enough to have like a nice long storyline. And I think. Randy and Edge proved them wrong, and I think Roman Reigns right now is proving them wrong. And I kind of like what they're doing with Drew McIntyre because Sheamus is is a guy. If you give them the time to build a story, and I think they are, this could take Drew McIntyre to another level as your champion. Randy and Edge have characters and personalities that are carved out. That's why you will stay invested in their story. They had a history. That's why you will stay invested in their story. They talked about real life relation, their real life relationship. That's why you will stay invested in their story. Seamus and Drew, very similar. Friends, real life story. Uh, 
characters and personalities that are carved out and definitive. That's why you'll be invested. This is why being into the character or the personality first is so important. Because, Dave, when you watch a movie, what's the most important thing a movie can do within the first half hour or so of the movie? You know, grab you, uh, get you emotionally invested. You know, but where to you're find sit there. the characters, yeah, of course, because that's the that's only what... way you're going to get emotionally invested is if you define those characters. So there is that investment where you're going to have your time invested to watch the movie. Same thing with wrestling. You want to define your characters. So that's why I am agreeing with you with Sheamus and Drew. I know Sheamus is a former world champion. I know Sheamus is a friend of Drew since they were growing up. I know Sheamus is the one who presented him with the case with his family heirlooms, the sword, the the, the kilt. Um, I know that they uh, they came up together in the business. Thus, I'm interested in what they had to say. Now, is Sheamus... Hopefully, Sheamus is going to use all those things against Drew and kind of be like one of those people who says, well, I did this for you and I did this for you and I did this for you. Thus, that's why I deserve a shot, because, uh, you know, you know, kind of like what, what, what one of those people, Dave, you know, who are not doing things just out of the kindness of their heart, doing things because they expect something in return. Yeah. I get it, and 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 again, it's like you're waiting for that other shoe to drop, and it's going to. It's just when is it going to happen? But again, I don't want it to be rushed, and I'm glad they're not rushing it to the point where they're going to have a match at TLC, at least for now, fingers crossed. And the other thing too, and I mentioned this week in and week out, and I know you do as well, Bully, is Alexa Bliss. I mean, you know the way she's really playing, I mean, defining this personality and this character that's so different than the Alexa Bliss that we were seeing before she met up with The Fiend. She is really doing a great job and taking the ball and running with it. Alexa always does a great job. She's been doing a great job in this storyline with The Fiend. Uh, Last night uh, was one of my least favorite interactions between Alexa and Randy Orton because when we're doing these gimmicky type of stories, these real, you know, thought up by creative uh, stories, it doesn't seem like Randy is as invested. Not that Randy's not doing as good a job as he possibly can with what's being handed to him. It's just like it's not the same thing as him versus Edge. When I see Randy Orton out there, I see the modern day Ric Flair. A, a champion of champions, a wrestler's wrestler. Could you, could you imagine taking Randy Orton out of the equation and putting Ric Flair into the equation? Would it be a fit, Dave? No, it wouldn't be a fit. So that's kind of like, that's my comparison. So when I see Randy in, involved in these gimmicky stories, uh, it, it, it's kind of a, it's a disconnect for me. Uh, do I think he's trying his hardest? Absolutely. But do I want to see Randy Orton invest in this? And maybe I still have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, as I think everybody does, from the last time yep. uh, Bray and Randy Orton worked together. Not because of their work, but because of the <clears throat> story and situations that they were put into. So I'm kind of hoping that we don't get that again. And last night it seemed a little wonky, like, 
Randy says something, then the lights go out. Then Alexa says something, and the lights go out. And it, it was very just choreographed and planned. It didn't feel like it was natural. And then she's in his arms, and here's the fiend, and she's not trying to get away. I don't know why she looked so <clears throat> comfortable in Randy Orton's arms. Um, and then Randy hands her off, and then Randy runs away. Well, uh, just a, a, a couple of disconnects for me. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, I think the biggest thing is what you said, Bully, about we've we've been down this road before with, you know, when it was Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. The story was wonky, and then it, it finished with that match at WrestleMania 33, which a lot of people hated. It was beyond gimmicky, and it just doesn't work with somebody like Randy Orton. And now we're going down this road again. After, you know, after we just had, you know, the greatest wrestling match of all time, you know, now he's in this storyline where it's extremely gimmicky and it just doesn't fit for somebody like Randy. Another positive from last night, I thought, was Xavier Woods and Cedric Alexander. Uh, I thought it was a really good match, though short. It was only about five minutes long. And, you know, watching, and, and this is something that, again, always puzzled me, is that every time a member of the Hurt Business was in the ring, they'd lose. I'm glad that Cedric Alexander picked up the win, but by picking up the win... He kind of forgot about the rest of the group, and it seems like there might be a breakup now. It's funny how that always seems to happen. As soon as things are starting to gel and you're buying into something, and we were just talking about last week that one of the things that we like about Monday Night Raw is the Hurt Business, and they're must-watch TV every Monday night. And as soon as we're invested in this group and we like to watch them, now all of a sudden the foundation is starting to crack. Why? I, the, because he won and, 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 you know, that's it. I mean, really, I mean, they, they haven't even given the hurt business enough time to really fully invest in it, though. I think it's one of the better things on raw, but already, as soon as we start to get into it, just like the iconics, just like Otis and Tucker, you know, name the group, name the team. They, they're finding a way already to break this group up. What did I say yesterday on the show, Dave? The minute, as as fans, the minute we get a little bit of traction getting into something, they stop it. They cut it off. And that's why, even with the Hurt Business, I haven't been fully on board. I like the Hurt Business. I think there's a ton of potential for, uh, for the Hurt Business. But the minute there's a little bit of traction, something goes wrong. The minute the Hurt Business starts off the show looking like these big, bad, intimidating mother truckers, there they go, losing matches. You know? The minute the, the four of them start to jail, gel, now here goes Cedric uh, splitting on them. I, 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 I don't know. It's almost, like I'm, <laughs> it's almost like I'm scared to get into a relationship with any WWE characters. Does that make sense? Yeah, because, because you're you feel get like you're going to be hurt or let down again. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get the, you're gonna get disappointed. You know why? Because I and I think it's a good analogy. Because like you know, if you're if you're somebody who keeps you know finding yourself in relationships that end up poorly, then you're gonna be a little gun shy about jumping into a relationship again. Because man, there's some something's wrong. Like every time I jump into a relationship, it doesn't work out. It's the same thing here. And again, I'm just defining this to Monday night. I was getting destroyed. On social media. And maybe I shouldn't even look at social media at times. But I'm getting destroyed once again. That I'm an, an, uh, you know, I'm on Tony Khan's payroll. And that I'm making all this money from AEW. Because I like Dynamite. 
And I, and, you know, and I hate the WWE bully. I don't know how many more times on this show I have to say how much I like NXT and how I like uh, SmackDown. But like Monday Night Raw is a complete as a pro as a lifelong pro wrestling fan. Monday Night Raw is a complete disconnect for me. And it's everything that you preach and everything that we've learned as wrestling fans, you know, storytelling. You don't really get good storytelling because things stop and start and stop again at the, at the drop of a dime. It's hard to get uh, emotionally invested into characters and personalities because they change at the drop of a dime. Also, the other thing with personalities and characters, they seem to not only change, but not, are not even fully defined where you can actually get engrossed into the character because they only scratch the surface. That seems to happen more often than not in a three-hour show where you have the time to really dive into a story or dive into a personality or character. They just choose not to do it on Monday nights, Bully. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what you just said and compare it to two other shows. Are there characters on NXT that are carved out, clearly defined, where week after week you can immerse yourself in more and more? Yes, because, you know, it's it's based on athleticism, too. So, like, wins and losses matter and the titles matter. So, to answer your question, 100% yes. Let's just take three women off the top of our head. Are you more invested in Io Shirai? Yes. Rhea Ripley? Yes. Shotzi Blackheart? Yes. Bang. I just gave you three examples in NXT of, of, of characters and personalities that we've been able to get traction with and week after week after week get into them more and more and more. Here, let's try AEW. Darby Allen. Yes. MJF. Yes. Orange Cassidy. Yes. That's three off the top of my head. And those are, those are younger talents, newer talents that we've been able to get traction with week after week and get into them more and more and more. And even on SmackDown, you can, you know, the same thing with, with SmackDown. I mean, for crying out loud, Roman Reigns, Jey the, the these are characters that are defined. We're into the story, and it makes you want to tune in on a Friday night. Like, what, what other than that it's the WWE and it's Monday Night Raw, what has got you invested that you want to invest three hours into that show on Monday's Bully? I hate to say this, <clears throat> after last night's show, I, I'm considering DVRing Monday nights. And I don't like to DVR things, because when I DVR them, I know I can fast forward through, and I don't want to fast forward through anything. I want to give them every opportunity, A, to entertain me, and B, do the right job by the pro wrestling business, so we can come on this show and give Raw a rave review. <clears throat> so bad I want to come on this show every Tuesday and go, holy crap, Dave, Raw was awesome. I loved it. It was such a good show. I really like this. I really love that. Yeah, they could have did this a little better, or maybe this wasn't as good as it could be, but for the most part, man, two thumbs up. That was awesome. You know what? You know the number one reason why I want to do that, Dave? So I don't have to say that the three hours of my life was wasted. And I'm no longer in pandemic mode where I'm like, well, you know, there's a pandemic and maybe we should cut everybody a little bit of slack. Nope. I, I think we're past that now. You know, we're 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 nine months into this. So, like, you know, the, these companies and these shows have evolved. They're going like, you know, that pass. I think we, we we've done that already. 
But like, but even like, all right, you have Jeff Hardy and Elias. Now the story's kind of wonky. You know, the, it's a it's a sympathy, uh, you know, symphony of destruction match, whatever that is. I think a Megadeth. You know, it's it's a crash and burn match. But you know, when you have Jeff Hardy like jumping off the ring post and hitting the back of his head on this on the stairs, like hell, that's you're, they're investing their bodies into this match to the umpteenth degree. Do I really need to see you know? Uh, uh, Tazawa and Gulak and great, uh, you know, Grand Metal League, you know, jump out of a freaking piano and start doing a whole 24 seven. I'm sorry now. I'm, I'm lost. Like the physicality that I'm seeing in the ring where they're sacrificing their bodies when in the middle of that match, it becomes a joke. Then, then you, the, the emotional investment in that match is completely gone because it is what it is. You have just, you have just told us what we're watching is a joke. So I'm not invested in that match anymore, Bully. And that seems to be the case with a lot that's going on in the three hours of Monday Night Raw. I will put a little bit of a positive spin on that match because I thought Jeff Hardy and Elias took chicken shit and turned it into barely palatable chicken salad. Um, Basically, you're having a match where you have to hit each other with instruments. And I'm thinking to myself last night, and I'm like, come on, man. And then I remembered, well, one time in TNA, Russo booked me in a fish market street fight. So, you you know, I can understand the wonkiness of this. But, you know, it's like, that's the whole match. You have to, I'm going to, well, I got to hit you with a violin. I got to hit you with an oboe. I got to hit you with a drum. Uh, I got to hit you with a, a trumpet. Like, really? Why couldn't we just book them in a, in a, in a hardcore match? Or something, you know, or an extreme rules match, or uh, or something, something like that. But no, they have to give it a name so they can advertise something on social media, and they got to give you a shock value. So if you're flipping through the channels and you see somebody getting an oboe shoved up their ass, you might yeah. want to stick and stay. Now, I give Jeff and Elias credit. They went out there and they tried very hard and they did the best that they can. Everybody, I got hit up on Twitter last night about the Jeff Hardy spot about him, him hitting his head. Listen, these are professionals. Shit is going to happen. I don't know why the table was placed where it was, but Jeff did the spot, did it to the best of his ability. Him and Elias and Jeff it, it, it walked out of it. And he was even playing the tambourine when he was done. You know, yes, did his head hit the steps? Yes, but it hit it the steps flush. Could it have been 10 times worse? Absolutely. Could we be talking about Jeff Hardy at a medical facility right now? God forbid a hospital this morning? Yes, we could, but it didn't happen. Sometimes things just go wrong. Sometimes a mistake will happen. But I'm not going to crucify Jeff Hardy. Jeff, I, I think they might have realized that that table was in the wrong spot last night, whoever set it up, whatever, but they still did it. They didn't panic, they grip it, and they ripped it. And they deserve credit this morning for going out there and putting their bodies on the line and giving us the best possible match that they could have despite being handed instruments to hit each other with. And if they really wanted to make the piano spot funny, Dave, you know what really should have happened? They should have treated the piano spot like the clown car. You know how, like, the little car pulls up in the circus and then 19 clowns come out? Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody should have been hiding in the piano. Or Truth should have came out of the piano, then Drew Gulak should have came out of the piano, and, you know, and then this guy should have came out of the piano. Then I'm chuckling. Then, 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 I, then I'm kind of in on the joke. 
Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. The flagship show, Dave. That's what it's been called for 20-some-odd, close to 30 years, whatever it is. The flagship show. It's supposed to be the be-all and end-all. I don't think it is anymore. Now it's just at the end. I I, I don't think it is. Because what do you judge the flagship show by? Who, I judge it. So- by, I I judge it by their other shows. Uh, that that's what, when you hear me say negative or, or or have negative takes about Monday Night Raw. I will always compare it to NXT or SmackDown. I'll never compare it to a number of the company. I'm going to compare it to apples or na- apples and apples. It's like I didn't like Raw for this reason. And then I'll give you something I liked about NXT or SmackDown. What I'm trying to say is, if you can do it on SmackDown better, and if you can do it, oh boy, there's the hotline. It's probably oh, Vince. Damn yeah, he's it, calling, being like, we Vince told Greg to shut up. Oh my God! Here, hold on, Vince. Oh, Dave, bad news. Anyway. If you could, I Wait, could he's gonna, he's try to get Sam. Is he going to try to get Sam Roberts to host the show? Is he is Sam replacing you or me? May uh, I probably replace me? <laughs> could Sam replace you? I mean, if you if you, you know, if you want somebody to just talk positively about your company all the time, Sam's. A good oh one. yeah, oh yo, Sam will blow all sorts of smoke <laughs> up the WWE's ass. But what I'm saying is, SmackDown's better than Raw, and the third brand, the brand that gets absolutely no respect, is better than the two big brands. So I'm not going to say, hey, this was bad on Raw, but oh, AEW did it so much better over here. No, I'm going to say this was bad on Raw, and here's why they're doing it good on SmackDown. I love that bully. Like we're not, and and that's the other thing that really burns me on social media. Forget about it. AEW is not in the discussion right now. That we're not even talking about that. When I mention a Raw being the flagship show, it's the flagship show based on tenure, based on how many years this the show has been on the air. But when you compare it to everything else, it's not anymore. Because bully's right. NXT, your developmental show is better. SmackDown is clearly better. Then you look at, you know, the network. I mean, I'm sorry. There's no comparison between Fox and USA. And on the third thing is look at the ratings. SmackDown is getting much better ratings than Monday Night Raw is. So when you look at all three of those things, and, and Guns, Guns produces the show on with Ryan and Mark Henry uh, on Saturday, and they always have their pick of the week, you know, what show they like the most. And Guns, for the most part, I would say nine times out of ten, it's usually SmackDown, sometimes NXT. And I think maybe since you've been doing that, once Raw has been like their pick of the week. Am I, am I right or am I wrong, Yeah, it's, SmackDown is consistently absolutely crushing it week in and week out. Raw is not – it's barely an afterthought, in all honesty. Nobody's thinking about Raw. Yeah, it's all SmackDown. SmackDown Friday's the hits. It's crushing it. Yeah. 
and you know that segment. And like once in a while, NXT, but I would say ninety percent of the time it's SmackDown. And I, I, I don't think I ever hear them mention Monday Night Raw with their picks of the week. And and listen, that's all the shows. But you know where I'm coming from, bully. It's like I never hear Monday Night Raw. It's supposed to be the flagship show. This is supposed to be the centerpiece of all your other shows. It's just not anymore, in my opinion. I wish, and and uh, I might be grasping at straws here because I don't know if this is possible. Do you remember back in the day how many people wrote Monday Night Raw? No. Like when we hear Russo, Vince Russo tells stories of how Raw was written. Who was involved in the writing process? He mentions himself. He mentions, you know, b- bouncing ideas off of Vince McMahon. That's basically it. Pat Patterson, Russo, maybe, you know. Russo, Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon, and Cornette, because we always hear about Cornette and Russo arguing back and forth about ideas. A very closed unit of writers. Maybe it's time to go back to that. Maybe it's time to go back to wrestling minds writing the TV show as opposed to all of these other writers. I'm not looking to get anybody fired. That's not the, that's not the idea or the gist of my, um, my, um, my statement. Maybe we should go back to what worked back in the day. Maybe we should, maybe we should tap into more wrestling minds. It seems to be doing okay for AEW. And this is where I'll draw the comparison because now I'm showing you another company. Maybe we should allow more older wrestling minds, veteran wrestling minds who are still in touch with the product. Hey, look at Michael Hayes. He's been the producer of all the Roman stuff. So, you know, you got Michael Hayes involved. You know, you got Paul Heyman involved and look at the magic we're getting from Roman and from and Uso. And now Kevin Owens is involved. Those are older wrestling minds. Maybe these are the people that should be writing the show, as opposed to people who have no freaking clue what pro wrestling is supposed to look like, sound like, feel like, taste like. But I'm I'm okay, bully. Here's the thing: like, let's look at NXT because NXT again, like again, comparing apples to apples. NXT who know, writes we, it. We, yeah, I mean, you have Triple H and you have Shawn Michaels and, you know, uh, what, uh, Terry Taylor? Road Dog, Road, Road Dog, Dog, Terry Taylor. Yeah. Veteran minds who have been there and done that, who have a good feel for the product. And it could be about, listen, if you want to put, like, a younger mind in there, like some, you know, you want to put a little young blood in there, I'm, t- I'm totally fine with that as long as it's a balance and it's a committee of. But, like, all you hear about, especially with Monday Night Raw, is these, you know, former sitcom writers and TV writers and, you know, people who are failed movie screenplay writers. Why? Because you're seeing it played out for three hours on a Monday Night Raw. Don't forget about your foundation and your fan base. You can't forget about that. Now, you want to expand on that. You want to get more eyes on that. But you can never lose the foundation. And right now, when you look at the WWE, most of their viewers are over the age of 50. That's because... 
they're accustomed to putting on Raw every Monday. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You wanted to talk about Naya and Shayna. Oh, yeah. So, what a great, correct what a great me if I'm match, wrong. huh? Cor- that's funny. Correct, correct me if correct. That's hilarious. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Lana and Oscar beat Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler last week? I believe so. They did. Right. So, so they have another match this week, and it's another non-title match. Like so, so the challengers beat the champions in a non-title match, and then they're rewarded. With another match, and it's a non-title match. Like, does that make any sense at all, bully? Any like, is that ever, has that ever happened in the history of pro wrestling where you beat the champions in a non-title match and you're rewarded a match next week, and that match is a non-title match? Well, let's see. Ziggler and Rude beat the Street Profits on SmackDown, right? Yes. Now, let's see if their next match against the Street Profits is a title match. Because remember, I'm just going to compare Raw to SmackDown. So if they get a title match, there's no reason why Asuka and Lana should not have gotten a title match. Now, you talked about great match. And this is where two people are really getting hurt in this scenario. Two, not Me one. and you. Yeah, well, besides the viewer, <laughs> besides the viewer. No, that, seriously, there are two wrestlers that are getting really hurt in this scenario, and that's Shayna Baszler and Asuka. Like, that, I mean, think about it. Shayna Baszler, probably your most credible wrestler on the roster, legit badass, MMA fighter. You know, this is the same one that, like, they had bite the neck of freaking uh, Becky Lynch not that long ago. Well, that ago. was a horrible idea. Horrible idea. But, I mean, they were trying to put her over like this, you know, just badass, this crazy lunatic. That was Heyman going for shock value. Yeah, and it, and it failed. But this is failing even worse. Because once you get caught up in a gimmick like this, it's hard to come back from it. And then you have Asuka. And Asuka is somebody who had... You know, at WrestleMania 34, probably the match of the night against Charlotte. And now is like, all they do is have her scream and yell. And, boy, you talk about just, God, I, I hate, please, you're, you're going to get mad at me for, for saying this, Bully, but garbage wrestling. I mean, some of what we saw last night in that match set wrestling back decades. Seriously. Seriously, Uh, I'm not going to get that mad at you for calling what we have seen in the ring from these women garbage, because I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a harsh word. I mean, if you think it's such garbage, Dave, why don't you train to be a wrestler and try to go do it better? That would be the typical comeback from I know. And and listen, that's legit. It's because you know me, bully. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm not joking here. Like one of the reasons why you respected this show before you became a part of it is that. 
I never said things like that. I've never stepped into the ring and wrestled. So it's hard for me to be critical of somebody that is actually on TV each week doing that. But watching that match last night, I'm sorry, but my opinions kind of have to bleed through from time to time. And what they're doing to Shayna Baszler and Asuka is criminal. And some of what I saw seriously, like, like because you are a part of the WWE and you are on Monday Night Raw. That show, I don't know, for a wrestling fan, it's, it's, it should be kind of sacred. And when you see, like, what we saw with that spot with Lana and Nia Jax, where, you know, Nia, like, Asuka's going for the clothesline, and Nia d- ducks it, and I guess it's supposed to spill out of the ring because Lana pulls down that second rope. Well, Lana pulled down that second rope before they even set up the clothesline. So Nia Jax, and everybody's getting on, and I get it, because Lana's, like, beloved right now. And everyone loves killing Nia Jax. But seriously, what is Nia Jax supposed to do in that situation? Because it's already been established before even the close. So she just kind of just jumped, ran and just jumped through the rope and landed on her feet outside the ring. What else is she supposed to do there? Because This is the problem with having, this is the problem when you have 100% choreographed matches. Yes. You see, if you're a worker and you're working a match, you could hit the brakes right then and there, and get to the outside in a different way, in a, in, a, in a creative way that works. But because this is what we had planned, and we memorized it 20 times in the back, now we have to do it. What we saw last night in that match, that's not working. There's no working involved. That's not the art of working. That's just memorization of certain physicalities. And yes, it looked piss poor. But the talents in there are hamstrung sometimes by the fact that they don't get to work a lot. Now, these women have been in the ring every week. They should be getting better. I see a regression so much. I, I, I will not say I see a regression in Lana because Lana in the ring is not that good. But I see Lana taking steps forward. She's trying. I'm telling you, she's trying very hard. Lana is a pro. She does what she's asked to do to the best of her ability. And that's really all you can ask of somebody. But there's a, there's a lethargicness to Baszler and Nia Jax these days. I don't see any gusto. I don't see any piss and vinegar. I see Shayna Baszler taking so many steps backwards. I would never, if I had that pencil in my hand, present Shayna Baszler to the WWE Universe the way she's being presented. That, that woman should be in the ring with better women than her so she can become a better professional wrestler that would equate to her MMA abilities. This way we can get a Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks. This way we can get a Shayna Baszler versus a Bailey so, so we can make another main event woman. As opposed to somebody who's getting watered down week after week. Shayna Baszler should never talk, ever. There's no reason for her to talk. You know who else is getting watered down? Asuka. I'm tired of seeing Asuka dance. Now she's now she looks like Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. She's it's become too a joke. Goofy. She's it's become too a joke. Goofy. Like watching her dance during Lana's entrance. 
I'm sorry. There's, I know it's the world of sports entertainment, and it's called world wrestling entertainment, but she's a wrestler. Let her wrestler be the yeah. entertaining part of her. I keep going back to the same example. You have the female version of the great Muda. Let her be that. Stop trying to make her into something she's not just because one person is entertained by it. I don't think that there's many people out there who actually enjoys the the ranting at the top of her lungs in Japanese and dancing like she has no rhythm version of Asuka. And you know what, Bully? Like when they first started doing it, it showed a different side of Asuka, the entertaining side of Asuka. It, it gave us a few laughs. But typical WWE, when they get a joke that somewhat hits, they drive it into the ground and they shove it in your face and down your throat. And they're doing that with Asuka. And it's shameful because you're right. She should be on par with Bailey and Sasha and Charlotte. She is because she is. Not anymore. Not right now. And like Shayna Baszler is somebody who should be a champion. And the crime of it is that she is a champion. She has a championship title around her waist. They have taken this tag team titles, and it's a, it's a joke. You want to talk about titles that are just a prop? These tag team titles are just a prop now. The whole thing is centered around Lana going through a table. Because they even Shayna Baszler, which she should, you didn't put you didn't put Lana through a table last week. You should be ashamed of yourself. You didn't put Lana through a table last week. These are your tag team champions. If you want to have like a Nia Jax Lana joke segment every week, fine. But you shouldn't involve two women who are championship caliber women. We should not be talking about Nia Jax, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler the way that we're talking about Shayna Baszler right now. It's a crime that we are. And Asuka, of all people, Bully, you mentioned it. Charlotte's off of TV. Charlotte's been off of TV for a while. So this is a way to elevate every other woman in this division. Bailey, elevated. Sasha, elevated. You choose to use Asuka in this way? This is the way you choose to use Asuka? And, and again, Asuka's on Raw just like Charlotte. This is the way you choose to use her? And she's and she's got the championship gold. It's a it's criminal. When you when you look at again, look at the title on SmackDown and look at the title on Raw. The title on SmackDown means something. The title on Raw is just a prop. It's a joke. It's not the way I would be booking these women. That's for sure. I bet you a dollar to donuts, and I can eat a lot of donuts, and I can book these women a hell of a lot better shit. I can book that whole show better. And that's not just me spouting off at the mouth. Shayna Baszler had credibility. She had the same credibility as a Ronda Rousey. Now, she might not have had the same MMA record as a Ronda Rousey, might not have been as successful as Ronda Rousey, but when it comes to an MMA fighter, a badass, right? Yep. It's like Tyson and Roy Jones. Roy Jones is not, is not Mike Tyson, but Roy Jones is a badass. Yes. Okay. Roy Jones w was one hell of a boxer. No slouch. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. Should have um, won the gold in '88, by the way. I'm still. There you go. St that's still stinging from that one. Um. I, I, these women should be booked better for the benefit benefit of the show and the fan base. 
Hell, Shayna versus Asuka, if these women were built the right way and presented the right way, could be a woman's main event singles match. Obviously, Lana, it's storyline, it's sticky, it's gimmicky. And look at Nia. Nia, Nia fires off the shot heard around the world, shatters Becky Lynch's face, and they never took advantage of that. When I see this whole thing now, there's nothing remotely entertaining about it anymore. Nope. I do like Nia's, like, like her snarkiness a little bit, like when she was in the back and she looked at the interview girl and she's just like, ew, and everything. Okay, it's a chuckle. But what I'm seeing out there in the ring, the physicality, the movement, the just the lack of oomph. And then Shayna Baszler has the choke on Lana. And Lana's not tapping. Now, I know that's not the spot. I know Lana has to wait for Asuka to come through with the kick and knock Shayna out so Lana can get the pin. I get that. But as the agent of the match, as the people... See, an agent has to protect wrestlers from themselves sometimes. You have to make sure that you're not in that hole too long. You know, it, it, wrestling terminology, Dave, a wrestler will say to a wrestler, I don't want to be vulgar on the show. Um, but when we have situations like that, a wrestler will say to another wrestler, don't leave me with my, you know what, in my hand. Yeah. Because if I'm in it too long, then the other person should have tapped out, thus making me look bad. So when Shayna Baszler, a cage fighter, a woman that can choke you out in a... Dave, Shayna Baszler could choke you out inside of three seconds. I, I, she, I, I believe it. If she were to hook what she hooked on Lana last night on you, three seconds, you're out. Oxygen cut off. Legit sleeper hold. You're going to sleep. <sniffs> Sleepy time bobos. Last night, she had it on Lana for like, I don't know, seven, eight, ten seconds. And Lana's struggling. You can't put a wrestler in that position. If a wrestler is not smart enough to not put themselves in that position, protect themselves, you have to protect them. But the, you could have easily done that where Lana's squirming around and Shayna Baszler isn't able to get it on. Like, she could have had a different it. hold on her. It should not have been a rear naked choke. You could have had her in a single leg crab with her back to Asuka. Here comes Asuka with the kick to the back of the head. Boom, done. Same finish, same result, and Shayna would not would have been protected and not had her you-know-what in her hand because she had on a rear naked choke. Come on, people. Use your fucking brains. And the shame of it, Bully, as I mentioned, you got your tag team champions, Anaya Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Which should be a badass team, by the way. And you have Asuka, your Raw Women's Champion, in this match. And this whole story, the reason why we got a match last week that was non-title, and the reason that we got a match last night that was non-title, we, we know where this is going. This is going to TLC, and Nia Jax going through a table. You could see it from a mile away. So you're sacrificing your tag team titles, and you're sacrificing your Raw Women's title for, for that. For that, that's what you're. That that's why Raw frustrates the hell out of me, bully. Because everything that you've learned as a wrestling fan means nothing when it comes to those three hours on Monday. 
It's it's like you you sacrifice women's credibility. You sacrifice the credibility of titles just for a punchline of a joke. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. Reckoning. Me him. Okay, let's do it. Because, obviously, in the beginning of that matchup against Dana Brooke, where she lost to Dana Brooke, uh, she loses her her mask and you could see she's trying to cover up her face as best as she could. Unfortunately, bully, this happened right at the beginning of the match. So, you know, you're, you're having a five minute match. I'm sorry, but you can't hide for that long. Uh, and then she just gave up. And you mentioned about, this is where the commentators could step up and, and really have some credibility. Not once, not once. Not the, no, not the commentators, Vince. Okay, so please explain. Because it's Vince in that those comments. Because there's no way in hell one of those commentators are going to say me Yim's name without Vince putting it in their ear first. So, what I'm saying is this: once that mask comes off, and before I go any farther, Bravo, Miriam. Great job, Miriam. Because let me tell you what goes through a wrestler's mind when something like that happens: panic, sheer panic. Because you know it's not supposed to happen. Oh, my God. Am I going to get in trouble? What's going to happen? Mia did a, she, for a for a, for a fleeting second. She tried to cover her face, but then she continued the match. And it's very difficult to continue that match and do everything the way you're supposed to do it when you have the fear of the repercussions once you get back through that curtain. Let me ask you this, Dave, real quick. Do you think it was planned? No. Okay. Fair enough, reason, so let's have to... Go ahead. Right. And the reason why is because if they would have mentioned her name, then I would say maybe it was. Very but they good, never, Dave. not once, mentioned her name at all. Very good, Dave, exactly. So here's how they could have... Uh, very easily, once that once that mask comes out off and we know it's me, Yim, which we've known all along, but whatever, that's the time to, to, uh, to call something on the fly and let the announcers say, hey... We've suspected it all along, but that mask coming off confirms it. That's Mia Yim. We don't know why she's in in, uh, uh, retribution. We don't know why she's calling herself reckoning, but we'll be damned. We're going to find out. Now you're not insulting the intelligence of the viewer. How are we not supposed to know that's Mia Yim? It's it's impossible. It's impossible because, again, Bully, as you said earlier, This isn't like Mia Yim came from the NWA or Impact Wrestling. She came from one of your own shows that you, by the way, that you were able to see on the USA Cable Network, the same network that Monday Night Raw is on. So, like, come on now. If she came from Impact and you don't want to acknowledge her name, I get it. But from your one of your own shows... That's insulting your your viewers' intelligence. The other thing, let's just say you didn't want to say the name. Let's just say you didn't want to say Mia Yim for whatever reason. She, she, this is the first time that one of the uh, members of Retribution has been unmasked. It's the first time that this has happened. 
So why aren't you even acknowledging that? Like, whoa, the, the mask has come off. Like, you're, you're pretending like it didn't happen at all. I'm they sorry. Kept call, they kept calling the match because they were told to move on. Guaranteed. That's the only reason, the only logical reason. Now, it might. last night, here's the first thing that popped into my head. It might be time to take the gimmick out back and put one in the back of its head. Yeah. Because even Ali on social media after the night was over was commenting. Dana Brooks said something about uh, retribution. And Ali's like, oh, you're probably just jealous that my hair is better than yours. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, I get it. Once again, I have something to compare it to. Uh, when I see the fleets that were on WWE's Twitter from retribution and the promos that they cut there. Now I'm like, yeah, that's the version of Retribution I want, not the stuff that you're putting on my TVs on Monday night. Agreed. There's nothing here for me to sink my teeth into anymore. A mistake happened last night. You know what? They they went off with Ali yelling at Mia Yim. So you know what should happen? I don't want to see Mia Yim on my TV anymore, unless it's in NXT, living up to her potential. Or next week she shows up as Mia Yim. She's like, I'm not putting. Why? A mask so on. they could not push her. Uh, yeah. Why? So she could not be utilized to her potential. Why? So she can be Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair should be getting pushed to the moon, but yep. they have her in mid car obscurity right now. No, they don't know how to push anybody to the moon. I mean, just ask you know Keith Lee after beating Randy Orton. Here's the other thing too, like. And listen, I give, I, I praise NXT, I praise SmackDown, but when I, when I criticize Raw, because I, I'm, I'm being honest with you, I don't know how more honest I can be. It's not a good show, so I get killed. And somebody brought up like, why do you, why do you have a problem with Mia Yim as, as reckoning, and you didn't have a problem with Mick Foley as Dude Love and Mankind? Like, re- you're seriously, con- you're comparing that to what I saw last night with Mia Yim. Come on now. You knew who it was. It's multiple personalities. It's a, it's a, it's a great story. And you're going to compare that with Mia Yim and Reckoning? Come on now. Come on now. That's just a WWE loyalist that gets angry every time somebody criticizes the WWE. And, and I wasn't expecting everybody on announce to be like, oh, my God, that's Mia Yim. That would have been insulting. What should have happened is, well, by that mask falling off, this confirms what we've thought from the beginning. Yes, indeed, that is Mia Yim. Yes. I'm not sure why she's a part of Reckoning. I'm not quite sure why she changed. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure why she's a part of Retribution. I'm not sure why she's calling herself Reckoning, but we're going to try to find out in the weeks to come. Oh, okay. Now a mistake happened, and you're able to cover it up in an intellectual way. Not insulting my intelligence. But the other thing, too, you mentioned those fleets that were on WWE, you know, Twitter page. Why why is it okay to show Mia Yim's story on that, but you can't show that on Monday Night Raw? It makes no sense. Lord knows Raw can use the help right now. Seriously. People, listen... I don't think people care about Dijakovic and uh, what's the other big kid's name? Oh yeah, okay, Sean. Yeah, I, I, wait, what, what do you mean? Don't care? Like they? It's just that it's. Just work with me here. What's the other kid's name? I can't think of it. I can't think of it right now. It's, I, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Damn it! He used to be the announcer, Dion. Uh, d- uh, oh, uh, Dio Madden. Okay, Dio Madden, Dijakovic, and slap and, and slapjack. I don't think anybody truly 
cares about those guys, but I, I know the fan base cares about Ali and Mia Yim. So let's start investing something into Ali and Mia Yim. It, there's something there. They have, there's some tread there. There's some momentum with those two characters. The WWE should be taking advantage of it. And, and Ali listen. cuts a hell of a promo. Mia is over in NXT. Can we please shine a spotlight on the positives? Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.